All right, here we are, episode two of the Five Out podcast. We've got Jacob Link and Josie with me today. These are the other two guys you guys will be seeing on a regular basis, but today we're going to go over some NBA news, talk a little bit about the Harden, Harden news, potential trade there, as well as the Westbrook and Wall trade, dive into some, the, the schedule, uh, the Christmas Day schedule, as well as opening day for the NBA, and then look at those sick, sick city of jerseys that they came out with, and we'll talk a little bit about college basketball as well on the second half of the episode. But first, as always, we got to start off with our best and worst of the week. So I will start. I'm going to go ahead and say my best is that it's my last week of college. I guess you could say I got student teaching next semester, but at least taking classes and everything. This is my last official week. Got one assignment due. Um, I've already, I would have already done it, actually. We're recording this on a Tuesday, so I've already done it, turned it in. I will be done. It is nice feeling to be done with school. I know both of you guys are done with school. Well, Jacob's actually has master's, so he's not officially done. But being done with undergrad, getting your first degree, it is a nice feeling. For my worst, um, I don't really have a worst, if we're being honest. It's been a, it's been a pleasant week. Uh, I guess you could say another best is that NBA preseason action starts this Friday. So, or, yeah, this Friday, this Friday, the 11th. The 11th NBA preseason starts. So NBA is back officially. Um, but the regular season not played yet. Josie, what was your best and worst for this last week, sir? Uh, the best by far has to be it's a combination of two things. A, me winning the fantasy and having the chance to get in the playoffs when I started with 0-4, I think. I was in the big slump. And then on top of that, again, my Texas A&M Aggies keep, keep winning and still on that track to get in that fourth spot to get in the college football, college football playoffs, which is a big thing. The worst is that my dog keeps waking me up at three o'clock in the morning to go pee every single day. So my wife doesn't want to get up. So I have to go and take him out. He's a restroom every single day. So it sucks. But other than that, it's been good. It's that, it's that puppy life. It's that puppy life. Um, yeah. J- Jacob, what about you, my friend? Uh, best of the week, man. I was in Florida and Mexico, just catching some sun while I could, you know, enjoying my last few moments, which uh, leads up to the worst of the week is starting the masters up again feel that student life and all that pressure and papers and tests uh, all coming down on me now that I'm back from vacation, had a few drinks, got to relax. So it's a two for one and best and worst at the same time. There you go. Yeah. I was going to say, you look a little red, my friend. You look like you got a little sun this week. Uh, I was was seeing your, your Instagram and your Snapchat stories and I was, and I was jealous. I'm not a fan of the beach. If you you guys can tell I'm, I'm super white. So I hate, I hate the sun. I get burned. I don't, I don't tan. I just burn. Um, but let's go ahead. I'm in that same boat. (laughs) Me and the sun are not friends. I also hate wearing sunscreen. So it's like, it's double-edged sword. Can't do it. Me me and Jacob, though, we went to Miami one, one spring break, like, like when we were sophomores. Got a good Nets and Heat game over there. Yeah, that was was back in the day with the nickname jerseys. When they, when, when Paul Pierce is on the Nets and he had the truth on the back, it was, it was, it was quite funny, actually. Um, but yes, so let's hop into this news. Uh, let's, let's talk about this, this Westbrook for John Wall trade. I believe it was just straight up one for one, um, which is kind of surprising because I don't think John Wall is the same level as Westbrook, but Jacob, I'm going to go to you. I think Washington threw a first round pick in there as well. Okay. Okay. That makes more sense in my opinion. I just, I just see that it's just one for one, but they probably, there's probably stuff behind the scenes. It's probably not 
like, well, I think it's official, but it's not like all the details might not be out. I don't know. I'm not a professional. But, Jacob, let me hear your thoughts on how you think this deal is for both sides. I think it's a very interesting deal. I don't know exactly what it accomplishes uh, for Houston, that uh, whole turmoil down there, uh, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, both running out with new coach, Stephen Silas. Poor man doesn't know what he's going to have for players this year. So I don't know what accomplishes for Houston other fact that they're getting a player who will play and not want to leave. For Washington, on the other hand, I think Westbrook's kind of a good pickup for that team. Um, athletic point guard, they've got good scoring wings, they can shoot the ball. Um, Westbrook and Harden aren't a great combination together. They don't space the floor well enough, and I think Russell Westbrook will – you'll see him go back to those OKC days, and um, he'll be able to be more of himself over there in D.C. Exactly. I, I agree. I think I think we'll see more of the triple-double uh, Russ – now, Josie, do you think this? Who, who do you think won this trade when it comes to players? Do you think Westbrook or John Wall run, won this trade, like switching teams? I think Russ did because uh, I don't think him and him and James Harden got along really well. Well, they they did from the get go, then sort of went down from there. Um, and he also goes to the East, which is a little bit easier to play in every single day in the West. If, if all honesty, if Russ would have stayed at Houston, they probably would have been maybe a five or six seed. Comparing to how, how strong the East is, Washington now might, might be a top four team on, on the uh, on, well, on the East, not the West. So I think Ross won, but it's interesting to see how, how John Wall is going to sort of incorporate himself to the Houston team, which is the big question is, will James Harden stay? Is he going to be the number one guy? Are they going to build around him? Like, there's a lot more question marks for him coming into Houston. He's taking more of a gamble on his career than Russ going over there to Washington when he, he, has, a pre, he has a good number two next to Bradley Bill who can score and they can do things together well John's overcoming with the big question mark is James going to be here and, and the thing is he has to learn how to play with James Harden who is probably the biggest ball hog in the NBA is the biggest ISO player um so it's gonna be interesting to see how that works out for John but I think Russ won this trend by far well I would say John wins and I think humanity wins because we get John Wall back with the Marcus Cousins and I think that's the only win for John Wall <laughs> Um, well, hopefully, hopefully he's 100% though, because when John Wall is 100%, he's not a top, he's not one of the top point guards, but he is a fun guy to watch. He was De'Aaron Fox before De'Aaron Fox, really, um, the fast guy. And, you know, it, it sucks to see him hurt the last couple of years because I think he was starting to become a, you know, he was getting that older version where you're, you know, you can't just outrun everyone. You gotta, you gotta be more skilled, be able to shoot the ball. And so hopefully we can see that a little bit. Um, and I think I think the the true winner in this whole deal has to be Bradley Beal. Um, I, I think he gets a guard that's going to take a lot of pressure off of him, someone who's going to be able to do it all for him. And now he doesn't have to have the ball every single time down the floor. So he is the true winner. Um, and I think Houston definitely lost, and they're about to lose because James Harden. I don't I don't think he's going to be there anymore. I think he he's gone. So Josie, I'm going to go to you for this one. Where do you think Harden ends up next year? Well, that's tough. That's that's a really tough question to ask because it's been said that James wanted goes to, James Harden wants to go to a contender team. Mm -hmm. All right, let's look let's look across the board. The top contenders are have a don't have the salary to pay him or the cap space to pay him, and b they don't have the assets to trade that Houston wants in return for a player like James Harden. So if you sit there and he has to sort of 
bite, like swallow the pill, I, he has to go somewhere either take less. He's going to have to take less wherever he goes. Mm-hmm. And Houston has to go, sort of get something back in return. I want to report to saying the Sixers. I think the Sixers would be a good a, a good spot for him. I, I think it would be best for him to get out of the West and go somewhere on the East and get probably a top contender team over there. He's definitely going to go with Milwaukee because they're sort of at, at cap. So I, I would like to see him go to the Sixers. I think it would be a good sort of setup over there with him and Bead and then also Jan, uh, with Simmons. So it would be a good trio over there. But we'll see if it, it will actually happen. I, I doubt it will, but everybody has dreams, right? <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't see that one happening. But as of right now, that's the reports. I mean, obviously, anyone wants to go to a contender. You don't want to go to a team you're going to not contend with. I, I mean, I do think wherever he goes, he makes that team at least a playoff contender. I don't know about a championship contender. But, um, Jacob, I want to ask you this question. If you're an NBA player, is James Harden the superstar you want to play with? Uh, no. Unless I'm JJ Redick and I or was Kevin not, Durant or Kevin Durant, but I would not want to play James Harden. I, I think it's just too much isolation for me. Um, he doesn't play great defense. He has picked up last couple of years, but he is not someone I would want to play basketball with. Uh, it's just all ball dominant. You're getting the shots. It's staying in the corner, shooting open threes. And that's kind of all you're getting or a little put back layups. I don't think it's fun. I don't, I don't think it's, basketball in a sense the way I grew up playing it yeah. so I don't think it'd be very fun I'd rather someone like uh, LeBron James or a pass for like Chris Paul like someone who's going to get the or it team uh, going together and I think that would be a more beneficial player to play with than James Harden so we talked about this last week earlier reports came out that Harden was going to go to Brooklyn now obviously a team of Kyrie Irving James Harden and Kevin Durant on 2k um, if you saw them, you would be terrified because that team is amazing. But in real life, you have two ball-dominant guards with a the best score in NBA history. I know Mr. Link, when he hears me say that, might think otherwise, as we've had many disputes about that. But, Jacob, do you think that team would work out if somehow he ended up on the net with those three superstars? I don't think so. And – even if he's not on the Nets, I don't think the Nets are going to work out. I think Kyrie's a head case, and um, he's got too big of an ego. So adding a third superstar with another ego, very iso-dominant, would just uh, – I think it would be chaos. Plus, trading for him, you're going to have to give up pieces that would be helpful, which they already have right now in Karis LeVert and Spencer Dinwiddie and those guys, Jared Allen. I think those guys will help if they just keep the two superstars they have at the moment. So I don't think adding a third superstar like James Harden wouldn't match very well at all. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, when I saw when I first saw that report, I said, what, what are the Nets doing? It doesn't make any sense. You know, I personally, as Josie said, I think Kevin Durant is the best superstar to play with a ball dominant superstar because he can play off ball so well. And he, he draws so much attention even when not having the ball, but, um, you add two of those guys, and <clears throat> I, I don't see that working out very well. But um, the L.A. Lakers, as great of an offseason they've had, they go ahead and they re-sign Anthony Davis. Although anyone, everyone knew that was going to happen, he signs a five-year contract, securing himself as a Laker for, you know, at least at least a couple of years. You know, things might change, but I doubt it. Do you th- What do you think this does for the Lakers organization, Josie? 
as a, as in like this next year, do you think this solidifies them as a as the champion of the year? Meaning they're gonna like run the league. No one's gonna beat the Lakers or the, the top dog. Or is it just is it just just another signing? Well, I think it's it it puts the Lakers as the favorites to win the NBA. It has to. Because again, with the with the combination of the signings of different free agency, Marcus Saul, the, the the trade for for Dennis Schroeder, it just those things add up to be a really good team. And having and if you have LeBron on your team, you're guaranteed to be a contender no matter what. Like look what he did with Cleveland. He basically played with average Joe's, probably JV players, and took them to an NBA finals against the the Warriors and he, and he almost beat them the free game one and just freaking J.R. Smith did, did what J.R. Smith does and creates the best memes in the world. Um, so I personally think the Lakers are a contender to win it. They are, they are, they are the favorite. The biggest thing is like, who is going to give them that battle? I think Golden State will, Golden State might give them a good chance, but it's going to be harder because now Clay's out again for another year. Milwaukee has a chance. If, if, if Giannis decides to sign the max deal, which he should, in my opinion, especially with the, uh, the trades they did for Drew Holiday and all that sort of stuff, it puts them a, a good contender. I, I, I want them to win because it, it'll be nice just to, to give LeBron an, another another championship and sort of give, I think, Anthony Davis that pedestal and like sort of the uh, the the pamphlet to build a good team, to build to win multiple championships, not just win one and be done. Yeah, no, I mean, it makes sense. I We'll see. I I mean, obviously, I think Anthony Davis right now is, is a top three player and I think LeBron is another top three player so they have two of the top three players in, in the league and they're on the same team it it's tough to not have them as a favorite for the next four years well, LeBron signed a two-year extension so what he's there till 2024 I believe now until so, Bronny goes plays with them yeah until until Bronny comes in the league and LeBron's gonna hop on that team so Lakers will be dominant um, which for a lot of fans makes us unhappy because we all love to hate the Lakers but it is. What hey, it I grew is. up. I grew up watching the Lakers back when Shaq and Kobe were back in the heyday, winning the three peats. I used to go to LA every single summer and and be firsthand and watch those parties and see my aunts get all crazy and everything. So I, I'm all for it. I love it. See, I was a Lakers fan, but I was a Kobe fan. So I like the Lakers because of Kobe Bryant. I don't. I'm not a huge Laker fan anymore, as you can tell. I'm, I'm from Indiana, so I got you know, got got to root for the Pacers, unfortunately. But um. <laughs> It is what it is. So let's go ahead and jump into NBA when the Lakers are good, though. It is good NBA. Now, I will say this. They have, I believe it's 16 primetime games this year, which is the most. Um, Once they they release the schedule, they they have 16 primetime games, which, I mean, even if the Lakers weren't good, I believe they have like 10 primetime games. You know, they're always going to, they're always due for double digit games, even if they suck, but. Uh, hopefully the hopefully the, the team is playing there's no off days um, because if there's off days then it's not it's not looking good for us um, but let's jump into the schedule let's talk about opening day we've got only two games this year uh, we start off in New York with the Golden State Warriors going to Brooklyn um, KD faces his old team and then we got the Clippers and the Lakers everyone's wishing dreams for the Western Conference Finals of a year ago they they face off. Let's start off with the uh, the Warriors and Nets game. Jacob, who do you think is the favorite in this game going into going into the game? Um, I believe the favorite is definitely Brooklyn, especially with uh, Clay being out again for the year. Unfortunately, sad to see it happen. But um, I think it's going to be a back and forth game. The Warriors uh, did some moves in the offseason, got Kelly Oubre to 
kind of add on. Kind of curious to see how it'll work out. Um, I think the Warriors will have a fighting chance for sure. They're not going to be slouches like they were last year and going to tank, but um, their offense is going to look completely different. But the thing I'm curious to see is how well Kyrie Irving and KD will mesh together. I know it'll take a handful of games, can't base off of one game, but um, I still think KD's the best scorer of all time, too talented. And I think he's going to come back with vengeance and show he's still a top two or three player, even after a big Achilles injury. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I think this will be the be- better of the two games, in my opinion, just because there's so much unknown between these two teams, because both teams last year were hurt pretty much all year. So we didn't get to see it last year, <clears throat> but um, I, I really want to see the Warriors win this game. I don't know why. I just, I don't like Kyrie Irving. I, I, I like Kevin Durant. I mean, I, I do think he's a snake, but at the end of the day, like he's a great basketball player. I love watching him play basketball. He's just so pure, but something about Steph Curry and, and, and the Warriors and what they're about always makes me a fan to watch them play. They do play good basketball. They know how to pass the ball. They know how to get everyone involved. So it'll be interesting, but there's so many new parts to both teams. So we'll see. Um, Josie. The biggest thing that the biggest thing you have to like sort of remember is, Katie's coming from an Achilles tear, and those things take some time to get used to. Yep. So, if you basing off this day day one game one stuff, I think the Warriors are gonna win. But down the road, if you like, if you give KD and I think like Jacob was saying, Kyrie some time to get get together, and they, they, if they're facing each other with the first second time, I think the Warriors will win. I mean, the, the Nets will win. Mm-hmm. But just uh, there's all those big question marks you're talking about. Like Katie's coming back from an injury. Steph's coming back from an injury. You also have to see like how everything sort of and Kyrie is sort of coming back from injury too, and having that them having the first time playing together. So it'll be an interesting matchup for sure. Well, the 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 good thing for for KD is he did tear tear the Achilles, but he also tore it like what like a year almost a year and a half ago now because he tore it in the last game of the of the 2018 finals or 2019 finals, excuse me. So it's almost been a year and a half uh, for him to come back, which usually Achilles takes. A, lo- a little bit longer than a year so he should almost be full go I, I believe um it is James Wiseman's um debut as well which should be interesting I he'll have a handful with with DeAndre Jordan and uh and Jared Allen down low for the Nets I you know it'll be interesting to see how the rookie does for sure for sure um but let's move on to this this LA the battle of LA the Clippers and Lakers the Lakers are are <laughs> the Lakers are the home team I guess you can say but both teams are the home team Josie, your thoughts going into this game? Well, the Lakers have to be the favorite by far. But again, like you said, this was the matchup that everybody wanted to see last year in the Western Conference Finals. Didn't work out. It's it's going to be interesting to actually see them play again mm-hmm. with what sort of the the new teams, quote unquote. But the Lakers are definitely the favorite. If they don't win, it's like it's like it's it is what it is. But the Lakers have to be the favorite here. The Clippers. It's just, it's just. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about them. It's just they, they have these great expectations, but they always sort of fall through. It's, it's, it's been like sort of their, their life story. Um, they had it back in the day when they had Griffin and, and Chris Paul and all those players and and, and and Jordan, and they had the ability to go far and then just mm-hmm. sort of just drop the ball, drop the ball. So yeah. it's, it's, it's the Lakers from from here on out, and the Clippers might put up a good shot, but I think the Lakers won by ten at least. Oh, for sure. I we'll see. Honestly, I, I the Lakers did more in the offseason, and obviously, ste- stealing uh, Montrez Harrell from them is is huge. Uh, you know, the the the, uh, the Clippers added um, 
Serge Ibaka this offseason, which I don't think is a is a one and one off of, of uh, Harold, but I do think he's a good addition. Um, I do want to talk about the comments Paul George on how he was ripping up Doc Rivers for not using him correctly. Being a being a Pacers fan, Paul George is a pussy. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna write right after you. Like he he is a giant pussy, uh, and he if he does not get it his way, he will bitch and complain about it. So that's what I see him doing. I feel bad for Kawhi because Kawhi quote unquote went out and got him, but I do think he wanted other players first, and those players could not come, so he had to have Paul George as his backup. But um, Kawhi Kawhi is going to keep them in the game. It's as simple as that. Kawhi right now might be the best player in the NBA. Um, I only say he's not because he does so much like load management. So for me, he's not the best player in the NBA. But Jacob, I want to hear your thoughts about the coaching change for the Clippers and whether you think it's going to change their identity or you think they're going to be the same team as a year ago. Paul George just needs to shut up and should have just listened to Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers was a great coach, has been for his entire career. Um, he's just making excuses for himself, not hitting shots and hitting the side of the backboard in game seven after blowing a three to one lead. I really don't think, I think Tyler is actually a pretty good coach. Game plans very well, but in reality, he was sitting right next to Doc Rivers when he wasn't being used properly. So what's, what's really the difference? Maybe he can get more of a, boost out of Kawhi and Paul George as a team spirit, go lead the team like LeBron or Chris Paul might do. But um, I don't see the coaching change really making an effect personally for Paul George, maybe for the team together. It might um, mesh well and um, make their season postseason do a little bit better than last year. Yeah. But Paul George just needs to shut up and go play basketball sometimes. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I it's just one of those things. He's a great basketball player. He's a great two-way guy for sure. But like when it comes to, he's just a prima donna and, and it's, it's, it's tough to listen to do that. But I will say this, they did sign Nicholas Batoon. He's not going to change the team, but I love Nicholas Batoon. He, he is a great, he'll be a great, if he plays, he'll be a great off the bench guy for them. Um, someone who can basically do what Paul George and Kawhi Leonard do, just not at their, not at their level. Someone else that we didn't talk about with the coaching change is the Nets. I'm excited to see Steve Nash coach. I think oh, absolutely. he'll be a great coach. I don't know how he's going to be in his first year, especially with guys like Kyrie and, and Katie with big egos like that. But, you know, excited to see Steve Nash back in the basketball world. Um, we surely did miss him. But let's go. Let's hop to Christmas. We don't have to wait long for these Christmas games. You know, the season starts on the 22nd. That Friday, that next Friday, the 25th, we got some Christmas basketball. We've got the Pelicans going to Miami to play the Heat. Warriors play the Bucks. The Nets go to uh, Boston to play the Celtics. The Mavericks go to Los Angeles, and the Clippers play on the last game against the Nuggets. Let's hold off on the Mavericks-Lakers game. We'll talk about that game in a second. But besides that one, Jacob, which game are you most looking forward to on Christmas Day? Hmm. I'll probably say it was the Sixers and Nets, right? No, it was the Celtics. Celtics, me, Celtics and Nets. Me, sorry, I misheard that. I think I'm uh, looking forward to that game the most. Um, we're expecting a lot out of uh, the new look Brooklyn team. Head off with Steve Nash and KD and Kyrie going over there. Um, that'll be exciting. Um, but Boston, they're in the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, barely lost it out to Miami last year. I think they're going to come back and uh, you know kind of have a little uh, chip on their shoulder. Come back this year, I think. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Brad Stevens, 
um, got another year under their belt to grow and develop. Um, I think that's going to be a very exciting game. I think uh, Jason Tatum and KD is a great matchup to watch. Um, not quite the exact same player, but very similar. Can score the ball at will yep. and play good defense as well. So um, I'm really looking forward to that game. I think that will be a very entertaining game to watch. Yeah, I, th- I think sneakily, you know, people might say, oh, Warriors, Bucks, even Heat and Pelicans just because of name. You know, the Heat obviously were in the finals last year. Pelicans with Zion. You put Zion in anything and everyone's going to be like, oh, my gosh, Zion. But I think I think that game is sneakily one of the better games um, on Christmas Day. Now, Josie, I want to hear your thoughts on what, we, what, what we'll think of this new Milwaukee Bucks team with Drew Holiday going against the Warriors on Christmas Day. It should be a high-scoring game because – the the Warriors don't play much defense, and it, it, that's sort of their uh, philosophy. This mm-hmm. score, uh, so it'll be interesting because it, it'll be like the, the Bucks second and third game, and be the, the Warriors second and third game. So they start getting into like the rhythms to, to an extent, and it'll be interesting to see how the Bucks play against probably it maybe like a top five or six team on on the West. Mm-hmm. Like everybody expects the Bucks to be the number one seed coming out of the East. That's like the given right now. Um, so the biggest hurdle they have to overcome is playing these big teams from the West. And one of them in my eyes is the Warriors. So having played them on things uh, on Christmas day is going to be a, a good one. It's going to be a good game, but I, I, the Bucks should come ahead what they're expected to come ahead because all the money that they put in into their team to build around Giannis, they're built for games like this. You're, you build a team like this. You invest money into a team to beat the Warriors, to beat the Lakers, to beat the Clippers, to be, that tier one NBA team that everybody wants to turn to and eventually become like the Lakers and get those 16 prime primetime games. In order to do that, you have to beat these middle to average West West team and you have to beat them like dominantly. You just can't be going there and have like you say like a game winning two or game winning three it has to be going there, show what we're doing and like set the tone for the rest of the season. Well, I don't think Giannis is going to be hitting game-winning threes, but um, yeah. <laughs> but he might. He might. We don't know what he's done this offseason with all this time off. Because um, if we're being honest, the Bucks have not produced well against against big teams. So, like you said, this is a huge, huge game for the Milwaukee Bucks for Giannis's future. Um, just because, it, not saying if they lose this game, they got to blow it up, but saying that like if they're if they can't continuously beat middle to average West teams they're going to have a problem. And we've seen it the last couple of years. They don't, they can't even beat some of the better teams in the East. So the, the bucks are, the bucks are in trouble and this could be a game that might, you know, secure their season uh, or especially early on, but shout out to the Clippers nuggets. I think this, this will be a good game. The nuggets are a really good basketball team. Everyone overlooks them every year. They're going to be a number two or three seed in the West. Um, they have a ton, a ton of depth. But let's move on. Let's talk about the Mavericks Lakers. I know you guys are Mavs fans. Uh, I'm going to give the floor to Jacob first to talk about what he expects out of Donkic and the boys this year. Well, at least against the Lakers, excuse me. Go ahead. Jacob. Uh, I don't think you can go into the Christmas game uh, expecting too much for that game specifically. Kristaps uh, Porzingis will more than likely be out, um, according to all the reports. Probably won't play till January. Um, so you can't expect too much for the game. I think this will be competitive. Um, Mavericks did pretty well without Porzingis last year. The only problem is their defense. They made a few trades to try to improve that, but um, I think the Lakers will probably end up winning. But this game does show one thing. It shows what the NBA expects for the next 10 years the face of the league to be, along with 
two other guys, and that is Luka Doncic. Um, his first two years have been incredible. They placed him at the 7 o'clock Eastern time game on Christmas Day in his third year, facing the reigning uh, finals MVP, one of the top three players of all time in LeBron James. Um, the NBA expects a lot out of this kid. He's only 21 years old and probably going to be the face of the NBA in the next couple of years. So I think that says more than anything about how the game actually goes. Uh, yeah, I mean, did Dirk ever play on a, I guess you can say this this national, this this time zone when he was with the Mavs? You guys know off the top of your head? I mean, I doubt it. But. I, don't think, I, I don't think he got in the, like, the primetime 7 o'clock slot. He might have been in the early afternoon yeah. slot at one point in his career, but not at this time. Yeah, I, I, def I definitely agree with you. I think I think as much as it burns me to say this, I definitely think they want Luca to be that guy. It's not even because of – it's because of the national draw he brings. You know, mm -hmm. he's a European guy. They're going to they're gonna bring in, you know, loads of people, loads of attention from the European just because of Luca. Um, you know, I, I think that'll be great for the league and obviously great for the city that we all live in, Dallas. You know, we'll bring – unfortunately for us, ticket prices are going to go through the roof. It just is yeah. what it is. Um, because Luca and the guys are playing good now. Josie, I want your thoughts on on this game as well. What do you think of this game? Well, like like Jacob was saying, the, the Lakers should win and should win sort of handily because Kristaps not playing. It's Luca. It's a one man team. But it, it's sort of to echo Jacob's style. Like it is. Like I, I even LeBron said, Luca is a LeBron 2.0, and LeBron has gone to a point to basically sort of want to sign him to be his on his brand. But that didn't happen, so he signed with Jordan. So they're the NBA wants Luca to be the face, and, and he's going to be the face because he is that team player who can who can also go off and hit these amazing like shots and be able to have those breathtaking moments that make the NBA as fun as entertaining to watch. Um, it'll be a good game. It's be the first time we, like like you're saying we can watch the the Mavs play at seven o'clock Central Time and actually sit back and after opening all the presents and actually enjoy a game. But it's going to be sad because the Lakers should go in and do what they do and have and put a good 15, 20 point lead on the, on the Mavs and win. But if the Mavs do get to get it together, I saw a stat that's really interesting. The Mavs lost 20 games that should by less than five points. So if they get their act together, get their defense together, they can be a top three team on the West. And that's the big thing. And I really want them to because they have the momentum to sort of to be a, a dark, a dark horse in the West. So we'll see what we'll see how it happens throughout the league. For sure, yeah. I, I I love the addition of Josh Richardson. Anyone that knows me, I said it last week. He is my favorite player to pick in NBA 2K, my sixth man every every time I do anything. Um, I think he's great. Um, and if we're being honest, Luke, when, when KP didn't play last year and Luka was just the guard or just the guy for the Dallas, um, there was many a games where they won where they shouldn't have won just because of Luka. Like, and, and I've been to a handful of games watching him play. And I look at the scoreboard at the end of the first quarter, and he's got like, you know, six, eight points. And then by the third quarter, he's got 34 points. And I'm like, this, he just scores so easy. He assists the ball really well. So, I mean, I wouldn't say this is going to be a cakewalk for the Lakers, but I definitely think they're the favorite to win and probably going to win. But I definitely think the Mavericks are going to make it a game. And Rick Carlisle, always got to mention it when I can. He's one of the best coaches in the NBA by far. What he does year in and year in and year out with this Mavericks roster not being the most talented, they always are a good and competitive team. Uh, there's obviously more notable games as well throughout the season. We're not going to talk about every single one of them. 
uh, I got to shout out the Knicks and Pacers start off the season. Got to love uh, when the Pacers play the Knicks because it's always an easy dub nowadays. Um, but you know they play they play the second day of the, the season, so maybe we'll get a maybe we'll get an easy dub there. We'll see. Um, but we're gonna go ahead and talk about the city edition uniforms real fast. I just want to get your guys' top five worst uniforms. Okay, you don't have to give me you know them in any specific order, but what are your five worst uniforms? Let me start with Josie. Orlando, okay. Miami, those are the two that make kind of Miami's that, that that pinkish color. Why that? Um, I'm looking through. So it's just I, I like H towns, and okay. Oakland one's pretty cool. But okay, I I, I have to say this is I'm not a big fan of Dallas jersey. Like that's, <laughs> I I can't I can't that gold is just not me like. They they throw hints at going through the throwbacks with the with, with the green. I'm like, you should have done that instead. Uh, but but I I think top I think my number I I, I for sure it's uh, Miami the pink, Dallas I'm not a big fan of Dallas one. Um, Orlando's kind of just cheesy, and I, the the Celtics one's kind of weird too. Like like why have that big old logo like here? Like we understand like you're the Celtics and that sort of thing. Um, and then I think those are my top ones uh, I'm not a big fan of. And even like, uh, what? Yeah, I think those are my top four, top five. Even the Hornets ones are okay, but yeah, it's just, I don't, I don't get it. Like, why? Jacob, what are your top top five worst city edition um, uniforms? Man, uh, the Wizards, theirs are bad. They're kind of very similar to the last couple they've done. I agree, Josie. Um, the Miami ones aren't very good. They've killed it the last like three years with their uh, city jerseys. This year's it's just not it. Um, those are garbage. It, it looks like cotton candy and it's stupid. Um, the Celtics, that's just awful. Why do you have to put two names on the front of a jersey as well? That uh, horrendous. Uh, those are probably my least favorite. The, uh, don't even get me started on those. And then you have the Knicks. Um, pretty much anything that organization does is bad. So even though the jerseys aren't that bad, they're still my top five least favorite just because they're the Knicks. And then uh, I should probably be a hot take. I really don't like the Warriors uh, City Edition uniforms. Um, I kind of wish – it's a very small change. I wish it said Warriors like those days back mm -hmm. in like 08 uh, when we were the We Believe team. And um, I just think the Oakland thing just kind of a little – a little cheesy moving across the bay to the Oakland side of things, but I like the idea where they're going. I just kind of wish they did a little bit more accurate to that we believe team and honored it more. Yeah, hundred. I I agree with that actually. I mean, I still like the uniform, and it's not worse for me, but it's right. definitely. If it had the Warriors, it'd definitely be one of the you know maybe like top yeah. ten. But it look, it still looks good. It's just not like the right idea if that makes sense exactly yeah i thought it was gonna be a hot take that miami's uniform was my bottom of, of like they're like <laughs> you don't break what, what what works you just keep it simple and the the pink worked by or the the um the blue. was it the blue worked by itself and didn't they have another one too the pink was it and a white a black and a light blue okay keep those i don't know what they why they did this this like i i don't like how it it just looks awful um and you just don't fix what, what what's working. You keep that. DC's or Washington's, I should say, is the exact same, I believe, from a year ago. Pfft, throw it out the window. Um, I mean, so to answer y'all's questions, have y'all seen the championship banners the Celtics have in their in their arena? That's where the name comes from. It's like that, that's like that's what they put on their championship. It looks weird. I don't I, I don't disagree. 
Yeah. But I, I don't know why they put it on the jersey. But I mean, I, I, banners. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess that's true. But I, I'm, I don't dislike it, but I don't like it. It's like, it's like middle for me. But um, New York sucks. Oklahoma City sucks. I, mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of Portland's either. Yeah, the org is pretty cool though. That's, that's it's, it's different. I, I like that it's different. I like that they're, I guess, going for like the Oregon vibe, but it just doesn't. I don't. Rep, it doesn't like it, it. It doesn't go with Portland for me. Like the Trailblazers, it just doesn't mesh well for me in my eyes. I dislike Orlando's because I hate the color orange. The Pistons are the exact same as last year. Yeah, I don't even. Pistons yeah. are becoming the New York new yeah. New York Knicks. Like they're both just. We, we we probably will not talk about them that often on this podcast. So if you're a Piston or Nick fan, I'm not sorry. Uh, we're we're saving you guys. Milwaukee's I'm not a fan of either. It. Cream. I mean, last year they were the they were the meme of Cream City. Um, whenever they wore their uniforms, now they're just Milwaukee with a weird blue, two blues together. I I don't know. The, the those are my opinion are are not the best uniforms. But let's get to some of these better uniforms because there are good ones as every year. Um, so let's start with Jacob. What are your top five uniforms, sir? Man, it seems like all the ones I really like are black uniforms that are some of my favorite. And uh, a lot of teams did a good job. Uh, the Spurs are excellent. Those look good. Some throwbacks to the, I think, 80s with George Nervin there. And they look fantastic. The Suns, I think everyone agrees that that's definitely top two or three city edition uniform. That's probably my favorite. Um, I love the Grizzlies new uniform as well. Um, very simple, new design. Um, I love the Hornets jersey. I think pinstripes are back. Um, I mean, you see the Magic, Pacers, and Hornets, but I like the colors of the Hornets jerseys with Buzz City on it. I think uh, a little different, trying to get the vibes just for the whole city and, uh, you know, do something with like LaMelo Ball and, you know, try to revamp that franchise for everyone. Um, I think those are some of my top ones. And then the Lakers would probably round out my top five. Yeah. Uh, throwback to the classics there with that white and light blue color. I think those are great. Josie? I have to agree. Like, a lot of my favorites are the black ones. Uh, the Nets. I-, I like that artistic style. How they do the Nets is really cool. Anything, like, any- anytime they incorporate some sort of artist is pretty cool to a jersey. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lakers, for sure, throwing it back to the, 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 the white and blue. They're just the classic. You can never go back. <laughs> wrong with the classic Toronto's are pretty cool too I like how they do like the sort of graffiti with, with the uh, with the black and the gold mm-hmm. um, like, again see, uh, San Antonio's are really cool it's bringing it back to the, the, the A-Day and just sort of revamping and making it modern uh, Phoenix is like in the top two and the dark horse of mine is uh, I, I like the 76ers again it's black I like that little sort of like skyline whatever is here in the middle it's just really cool really pops out but yeah, those are those are my top favorite. I think by far my favorite one is is the Nets because I like how they incorporate that that art to the jersey. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. I, I think Denver and and Utah have. Um, I I do like their uniforms. I think they're kind of redos of uniforms that they've done with just some different yeah. colors, so they're nice. I, obviously, I like the Clippers, um, but they just it's just opposite of what they did last year so it's kind of like uh, it's not that cool I, I like the white better than I think I like the black I do wish the Lakers had a blue version of this one though so maybe yeah. next year because the blue in my opinion the blue is better than the white but this is still sick I, I think that one's the best one of the year JK the Indiana Pacers are the best one because I love their pinstripe uniforms I dislike this stuff right underneath yeah. I don't really like that 
Uh, I wish that was a little bit less, but I do like the pinstripes up front. And then obviously the Spurs and the Suns killed it this year. I mean, it just, those, those are going to become classic uniforms and everyone's going to love playing with them. I do like Chicago and Cleveland's as like dark horse ones. Yeah. Um, Chicago is pretty cool. I like the design of it. Sacramento too is not bad. Sacramento is not yeah. yeah, black jerseys in general look good. I just I hate that they're called Sacktown. I just it's just not, like they like Cream City, so <laughs> they're the new Cream City of this year. Yeah, but I I just dislike the I don't like that they're called Sacktown. I understand they're Sacramento, but it's just and I do like Philadelphia's Josie. I thought that was a I was on the border for a while, and the more I look at it, the more I'm like, okay, this. This is kind of a nice jer- nice jersey, but um, I wish Minnesota would do the do the damn old ones with with KG. Those ones just uh, I don't know the the the, the, the trees like with a modern tree. vibe on it too. Just like someone exactly. got to do it. Someone's got to do it. Exactly, someone's got to. But um, that does it for the NBA section. We're gonna take a quick ad break from our anchor uh, or from our sponsor Anchor.fm. We'll be back talking about some college hoops whenever you guys get back. See you guys then. All right, welcome back. We're going to be talking about some college hoops now. We're not going to dive into any games. We're going to do a quick recap of some of the top games that have been played so far uh, since the last time we recorded. Uh, we've got Michigan State beating Duke uh, the other day on December 1st. And then we have uh, Kentucky and Kansas also playing that day. Kansas pulling that one out. We've got Texas, North Carolina. Texas surprisingly pulls that one out uh, by two. Then we got Gonzaga beating West Virginia. So far, Gonzaga's stepping up to be the favorite to win the tournament, at least run the table this year because they play in a weak conference. Illinois and Baylor played. Baylor won 82-69, to 69, um, stapling themselves as one of the top team. Unfortunately, Baylor and Gonzaga were supposed to play, uh, but that game got canceled, so we did not get to see the two top teams play each other, which is kind of a bummer, but – we're going to save that for March Madness, right? We want all the good games in March. Hopefully we can see March Madness this year because we all didn't get to see it last year, and that kind of was a bummer. Uh, but then uh, Villanova played Texas. Uh, they beat them by four. Uh, so Texas Texas is a surprise. They're, I feel like Texas is always, like, either really bad at basketball or, like, decent. Like, in, you know, it, it's just a hit or miss. Um, as we're recording right now on on Tuesday, the eighth, Illinois and Duke are playing. Illinois is up twenty four to ten. Creighton beat or Kansas beat Creighton, excuse me, today by one. And then Iowa and Luke Garza beat North Carolina ninety three to eighty. So we got some big games being played so far this year, but we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about a blue blood team that is not ranked anymore. They're one and three right now. Kentucky. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about why we think they're one and three and why they haven't been playing so well. So, Jacob, let me hear your thoughts on why you think Kentucky is one and three right now. Um, just like a lot of other teams who probably aren't doing as well as they expected, um, part of it's probably due to COVID and the pandemic that's been going on. A lot of these freshmen who are coming in, like Kentucky, always gets these new top freshman recruits every year, but they probably have had a lot less practice time on the court together and the film room together. So, um, that's probably one reason why they're not clicking. But another one is, is uh, I feel like John Calpari and the Wildcats, every, I don't know, three to five years, they have that one off year, kind of like North Carolina did last year. Um, I don't know if you remember, but a handful of years ago when Julius Randle and Harrison Tent, Twins were at Kentucky, they were like 500 in the regular season, but ended up going to the national championship game. So you never really know. It's definitely too early to say that 
just because they're one and three, they're not going to be very good this year. But I expect them to turn around and uh, end up being one of the better teams in the SEC and probably have a chance to make a run up uh, deep into the tournament if we get to see it. Yeah, I mean, it, hopefully Kentucky's good because if not, the SEC might be struggling a little bit. I know Josie's A&M Aggies are in that division, um, but I want to hear your take, Josie, on what do you think about this Kentucky team and why you think they're struggling so far? Oh, but forget. Let's let, let's just get to it. Like, why does it matter? It's 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 four games of the season. Everything matters towards March, and it, it's 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 a consistent theme in my eyes. Like, you get freshmen and you need time to build that camaraderie, to build that team chemistry. And it's hard when like John Calipari all he goes is after these top players. It's also because of everybody he brings in, he brings in that the atmosphere. Okay, you come in, you can eventually become a lottery pick and go from there. Um, so he doesn't have like those seniority, those people who've been in the system two or three years, like you sit there and sort of handhold those freshmen to come in. So it's 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 a combination, like Jacob was saying, COVID, but it's also again, like having all these freshmen come in, not having the the time to sort of sit there and understand the playbook and understand the plays, sort of get that, that rhythm going. And they, they also played against Richmond and Kansas, which are our two top 25 teams. It's like you come to Kentucky to play these big games, but it's hard to play those bigger games early in the season when you don't have the, the right amount of training camp, the right amount of practices, all these things to sort of get you ready to go. So it's a combination of the freshmen and the COVID, but I think like John Calipari does it like year over year, he gets them in, in that groove right before the SEC tournament, right before the NCAA tournament and met, lets them run the table like they did year over year. Yeah, I 100% agree. And, and I will say this, Kentucky is still getting top, you know, five-star recruits, some of the bigger names, but they aren't getting the big names anymore. Like they were five, 10 years ago, like Anthony Davis, even Julius Randle, who was a big name back then. There's again, they're still getting a ton of talent. It's just not the best talent each and every year like they were. So, I mean, I think that's playing a little bit of a part. And I do think it does take time to get to, you know, a certain basketball is a little bit different. I, I feel like than football, uh, when it comes to chemistry on the court, because you're always with those five guys. Like, it's not like you can hide behind someone. Like if you have a weak link, someone's going to attack that weak link, um, you know, on offense or in defense. So in my opinion, like it takes time to figure out player strength and weaknesses. And obviously not having that kind of preseason uh, with COVID and everything, it's kind of hurt this Kentucky team. And I think they'll do just fine. The SEC is not the best in basketball. Um, they, they do have some tough teams and they do have some talented kids here and there, but they are no big 10. They're no ACC. SEC is not known for being super good at basketball. So the Kentucky will have time to figure things out before the tournament, before the, even the SEC tournament, before even SEC play, I think they will be just fine, but um, it's Kentucky. Whenever they go one and three, everyone's got to talk about it. So I'm sorry to talk about it, but um, talking about freshmen, there's been a discussion um, and it's been on, it's been like this for a while. Um, let's talk a little bit about this freshman debate, whether, whether players are, should be able to do, you know, be, be one and done. Uh, whether you think that's the right way, whether you think it should be like baseball where it's, you know, you either you go uh, high school, you go straight to the draft or you, you know, if you're going to go to college, you got to go at least three years, whether we should do something along the lines of like a G league where they can go to the G league, kind of how they're doing now. I want to hear you guys' thoughts on this. So, Josie, I'm going to start it off with you. What do you think is the right way for 
is there a correct way for this to go? Like, do you think the one and done freshman is, is the way to go? Or you think there's a better way? I don't think there's a right way. If there is a right way, it, it would have been implemented already. Uh, it's, it's, it's an art. It's not a science sort of thing. Um, I, I'm a fan of one and done. I'm not one and done, like letting people go from high school straight into college. Um, but it's, you're taking a risk because these NBA teams are taking risks on 17, 18 year olds who can pan out like a Kobe Bryant, like, or like a Kevin Durant and like all, like not Kevin Durant, like a Kevin Garnett who like came in straight from high school to NBA and became these hall of famers. these all pros and that sort of thing, but it can always go back and sort of screw it, shoot, shoot, shoot in the foot. So I don't think there's a right way. I, I, I think they should let it be come from high school to, to college, the high school to pro, and, and the kids who sort of need that extra one or two years of sort of development, go go to college, play a couple of college ball, enjoy two or three years of college and be the man on campus. And that's, everybody would love to do that. Um, but I think the best, you just have let them do that. And just because it's, if you're like, put yourself as a 17 year old, like you're like, if you're coming out of college, you want to get paid millions of dollars right away. You don't want to wait a year. You don't want to be like Zion and almost tear, like break your ankle from one play because the shoe goes out and, and risk you losing millions of dollars because of one play. So it's, it's a, it's a, it's a risk reward. It's a risk reward for the, for the NBA teams because you're taking the liability of bringing on an 18 year old who has to still immature to an extent have to grow up in the NBA like LeBron did LeBron spent the majority half of his life in the NBA so it took him some time to get used to it and let them if you want to go to college go to college figure it out and then you can be like a criminal and go for a year or two or it was a year and win a national championship and then go to the NBA and do pretty well but leave it up to them don't like don't let the NBA sort of make the decision for you let the players do that just give them options if you want to come in after after high school go ahead you want to go to college go ahead Want to go overseas? Go ahead. You want to go to G League and play there for two or three years, get paid, not a lot, but something. Go ahead. But I don't think that should be like the MLB. Give them three years because three years in college, you can lose a good amount of money in NBA, and you can also lose a lot of development to an NBA as well because these some of these NCAA teams are not. You're, you're not going against LeBron James every other week. You're, you're going against some people who just want to get the school paid for it and go in there. So. Just give them options. The more options, the, the, the merrier. Just, just, just don't limit them to one avenue to sort of be able to get to the path to become a pro. Gotcha. Jacob, your thoughts? Yeah, I kind of agree. Um, I don't think there's one specific uh, correct way to do this. I think uh, the more options um, a young 17, 18-year-old kid has to talk about it and think about it for himself and with his family, mm-hmm. if you give him one route, that's what he's going to be stuck to. And it can either really hurt this one guy, but it might help someone else. So I think some options um, like this G League thing they've implemented, you can go play a year in the G League and then be drafted, um, which uh, I guess we'll see how the next couple of years goes with that. Um, coming out of high school, I I still believe they need a year out of high school. That's why I really think this G League thing might be beneficial. Um, I think it's kind of unfair to use LeBron as an example, kind of a high school as they make it. Um, there's very few and far between LeBron and other 18 year old kids. There's like Kevin Durant or not Kevin Durant, Kevin Garnett, a couple of there, uh, there are very few uh, specimens that are able to do that. So I really think uh, those kids really need at least a year for their bodies to mature, mature and grow. But also from the college side, as um harsh of my opinions are on the NCAA and how I personally think it's really corrupt and just messed up and they make so many bad decisions 
for all sports. I think they did do one good decision, I think two or maybe three years ago, is when they allowed students to go to the draft combine without an agent and see and kind of test the waters to see if they're going to get drafted, but keep their eligibility to come back to school if they so chose to. So I think that's the one good decision they've made to give their students options once they've already enrolled in college. But like I said, there's no uh, one rule or years that you have to be removed from high school that will make this one and done deal um, perfect. Yeah, no, I agree. Now, Jacob, obviously you played division three basketball. Now you've also played overseas a little bit um, during, during your career. Now, as a, as a freshman, do you think you could have gone overseas and played professional? And be and been in one of the top leagues, or do you think uh, you think not, would have been not tough? one of the top <laughs> leagues? I'd probably be somewhere down there, you know, yeah, picking some coon off the street asking for work. <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, I, I don't uh, personally, my I wasn't uh big or strong enough yet, like, mm-hmm. I hadn't gotten the weight room enough, like, worked on like my acceleration and quickness in the gym. I think, um, my four years, maybe after my sophomore and junior year, I could have gone and played. But I think the more time I got to spend working on my body, getting stronger. Um, after my junior year, I went over against grown men over there for four or five games, and um, I held my own. So I think it's just more of a physical development and mental development that was able for me to do. And I think for these guys uh, who are coming up at 18 years old to figure it out as well. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, you know, playing sports in high school, like seeing what it was like to go from a JV team to a varsity team, like that growth. And then to, to then go to college and play college ball. Like it, it it's super tough. Um, and, and I don't think seeing high school kids play scouting some kids and stuff like that. Like I don't see them as NBA players, I, you know, right after they get out of high school, obviously there's a handful that have done it. They are different kind of human beings. They are not humans. They, they are a different species. Um, and But they struggle too. I mean, Kobe's first year was not great. I think LeBron might have been the only one that had a really good, you know, rookie season. And LeBron's a different kind of person, you know. So they struggle. And, I mean, you see the same thing in college. Now, obviously, you get into the whole debate of, like, what Ben Simmons did at LSU, you know, where he, he didn't want to go to college because he didn't want to learn. He didn't want to go to school. Um, and he – just played basketball and he like basically dropped out the second semester or once he got done with, you know, the tournament or I don't even think they made the tournament. I think once he got done with college ball, yeah, he, he, he was done. So uh, there is no right or wrong answer, but I definitely think they're getting better by allowing these kids to make the best decision for them because each kid is different. You know, every situation's different. Um, Every kid's development is different. Uh, I do miss the days of seeing juniors and seniors in, in, in college because that's what made me love college basketball was seeing these guys be there for years and years, getting better, knowing that knowing their names, because nowadays, you know, a kid for half a season because he blew up and then he's in the draft and you watch him on, you know, NBA games. So I wish kids would stick around a little bit longer. I think we're maybe coming back around to that. It seems like a couple more guys are staying a year or two longer to develop because they're not quite ready. And a couple of guys have improved their draft stock over the years, like Buddy Heald, for example, and guys like that. So I think um, you'll have those guys still go one year and go to the NBA and be perfect and be one of the best players in the league. 
but I think we're seeing kind of that shift back maybe to, even if it's not three or four years down, maybe first like a sophomore year in college, which is nice to see get uh, more acclimated to household names. Exactly. And I, I think, I think what you talked about with the rule with the NCAA is, is a big part of that is, you know, kids go to the draft, they're being told one thing, Hey, you're a top 10 pick. They go to the draft and they see it themselves. Hey, I'm not ready for the NBA. I'm I, my stack. My stock isn't as, as high as I'm being told on the side. So I think that's a big part. And I, you know, hopefully, hopefully uh, we, we see some better basketball. I mean, heck there, there is good basketball being played everywhere. Some of these teams are, are as good as can be, you know, but um seeing some of these teams have guys stick around, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm from Indiana Butler, whenever they had Gordon Hayward and those guys, those guys were around for a couple of years before they, before they got really big and, and got good and went to the national championship. So seeing stuff like that can or Kansas always does a great job of it. Yeah. You know, Marcus Garrett, um, he, he is a senior and he's a year younger than myself. And so seeing him being able to grow from what he was in high school to now a senior at Kansas, he won defensive player last year. That's great. Um, and, and I wish Harry Ellis being there for seven years. Uh... <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think he played for like 12 years actually, but <laughs> dude, dude never left Kansas. You could always rely on number 34 for Kansas. senior in 2015. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, and, and I think it makes the tournament better because you get those, mm-hmm. it, it just means that much more to those right. kids instead of like, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm a freshman and I'm just going to come here and, and get out. But I don't know. I, I think the, I think college basketball is in a weird spot right now, just because I think because there are different avenues for these kids going to play overseas as well as G league. And it, it's making it tough for college basketball to retain those top guys. So we'll, we'll see how that kind of plays out the rest of the year. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. Uh, there's one more thing I actually want to talk about you guys about is Virginia cursed. They beat Kent state in overtime the other, the other day. And then they lost to, I don't know who they lost to, but we talked about it last week. They lost to someone, an unranked team. Is Virginia cursed? I know they won a national championship in 2019, but are they cursed, Jacob? Uh, who knows? I don't really believe in curse, but <laughs> they play good against good teams, but they play absolute shit against bad teams. I don't I don't know what it is against UMBC, against whoever they lost to a week and a half ago. I I don't understand what it is. You just can't play down to your level of competition. That's what it comes down to. You've heard that growing up playing basketball, whether you're on a good team or a bad team, you can't play to the level of competition. You have to play as best as you can all the time. So um, I think that's probably what their problem is at the end of the day. Exactly. Now, Josie, I want to come to you. I want to ask about your Aggies. Um, I don't know if you know all about him just yet, but I want to ask about Buzz Williams. What are your thoughts on his, I believe it's his third year now at the program, uh, what are your hopes? What are your hopes for him uh, this upcoming year? Well, it's you. You bring him in, and he has to sort of live up the expectations like Jimbo's doing right now in football is building that 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 tier one team. And you bring Buzz in just because he's that ace recruiter. He's supposed to be bringing in this big guy. He's doing it here and there. Um, I, just, I want him to get in the tournament, and it's like we're, we're not we're not a guarantee team to get a tournament every single year um like was it i think four years ago is when we beat uh you and i with that with that miracle in the last minute and that's the last time we were in the league it's in a tournament so if he gets in a tournament i'll be happy uh maybe like a top four team in the sec we have a chance to, to get that so i think the momentum's there it just you just have to give him the building blocks and he has the building blocks to build 
eventually, hopefully, maybe a Kentucky level team or maybe an Auburn level team for like one year where you get into the Final Four. I'm perfectly fine with that. Um, if you do that once, once in a blue moon, that's, that works for me. We had we almost had that with Kennedy when when we had when AC was there and everybody else. When we had that really core, really good core. Um, so if he does that once every five years, is fine. I, I think he's getting there. He he's getting the, he's getting the kids he wants, which is the, the 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 best the best thing. Like you need to give coaches at least two or three years to get the kids that they want because you come in for a program like I didn't want you. You you don't fit my style. You have to sort of make it work. So hopefully this year he we, we improve from last year and the next year maybe take the next step to be maybe a, a top two team in SEC and then from there maybe competing for a final four spot. And my again. Uh, every kick and dream and I'm dreaming right now. <laughs> hey, Buzz, Buzz Williams is the guy to do it. He did it on Marquette. Then he went to Virginia tech. He's, he's a great coach. Um, again, it's about getting the guys you want. And I think he's, he's on that track, but that'll do it for this episode, guys. Uh, thank you guys for listening out there. We are officially now on Apple podcast and Spotify. So you guys can go check us out on Apple and Spotify looks up at five out. That's five IV space out. Uh, you guys can also look us up at Twitter um at five underscore out uh with the five or the the number five then iv i'll get used to saying it's my second time doing it while you guys are there go ahead and follow us and subscribe to us it's free might as well do it show us some love some support uh we're gonna end it because it's december with some christmas music enjoy it enjoy the happy thoughts as we end the episode with some christmas music but that'll do it for us here at five out we'll see you guys next week Prospero año y felicidad. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Prospero año y felicidad. I wanna wish you a Merry Christmas. I wanna wish you a Merry Christmas.